I acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people whose land I live, work, and play on. Miigwech. This is Umami Conversations, a podcast and community that offers unapologetically honest and therapeutic dialogue through the art of storytelling and mindfulness. I am your host, Agnes Apia, and I and my guests will delve into themes that explore the depths of this human experience. Um, We'll be challenging societal norms and shifting perceptions about issues that are often considered forbidding. This podcast is intended for open-minded women of African descent and their allies who appreciate meaningful conversation and are eager to absorb the wisdom of other women. Please join us as we share our narratives and embrace vulnerability in the effort to create a more compassionate and understanding world. We also kindly ask that you take a moment to leave a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback helps us improve and position us to reach a wider audience. This is Umami Conversation and enjoy this episode. Blessing. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again to another amazing episode on Umami Conversation. This is your girl Agnes and I am so, 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 so blessed to be in your presence, to be in your ears, to be in your environment, in your energy today. But we have another thought-provoking conversation today with the founder of Ayurveda, Chelsea. Chelsea is an interdisciplinary practitioner in the healing art and helping others to reconnect with their higher wisdom through self-massage, energy medicine, and other ancient practices. With a holistic approach and purpose to demystifying our pre-colonial healing method, Chelsea encouraged us to re-indigenize our spiritual journey. Her products and services are intuitively designed and rooted in rituals. In this conversation, we really touched base on the topic of touch. Chelsea really shares with us, you know, the power of trusting thyself, touching thyself, massaging ourselves. We talk a little bit about our cycles, about community. We dive into the importance of knowing the roots of ourselves and our actual roots of where we are from, our lineage, because we all know there is stories behind many of our lineages, especially us of indigenous roots, or actually the whole world, okay? (laughs) So I really hope you do enjoy this conversation. If you are listening on Apple, leave us a review or rate us. Let us know what you think about this episode or all the other episodes on Umami Conversation. On Spotify, you could always give us a five star. Our website is presently up umamiconversation.com or agnesapia.com you could actually find the podcast there so we right now we have open community there's no physical space but it's we're, we're trying to build a community and in order to build a community an online community or just even just a community in its sort we need your email so join us Add your names to our email list. You can find it on our website at umamiconversations.com under newsletter. Sign up and let's build together. So once again, enjoy this conversation. Domestifying touch through the art of Abiyanga with Chelsea. Blessings. I feel like I've never really paid much attention except for like 2020 with like Tana, you guys, like, you know, it was consistent activities that led me to paying like more attention to the body. Um, but I feel like 
after I gave birth, I kind of lost that connection. Mm-hmm. And then now, like, you know, I'm kind of slowly getting myself back into, like, my rituals and and the meditations and stuff and reading also i've been reading this book among the many books among the three four books i'm reading reading this book okay and basically she talks about like that you know being in alignment uh, when your menstrual is in alignment with the moon cycles right, right. and like what it means and what you should do and just all of this information has made me realize like I need to get back into like connecting with myself again mm-hmm. like at a deeper level you know like really looking at the moon and funny enough last so my periods were coming like every 45 days oh wow after I gave birth and then Last moon, um, the which one? It came like a day or two before. Okay. And that was like twenty-seven. So I was like, okay, things are switching up. Things are switching up. Right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but now I'm just paying attention to see if it's it's gonna like on my app. It says you know you should be getting your period anytime soon. Right. I don't feel it because usually like I I kind of mm. feel it before. I don't have any feeling anything. I'm like, okay. Let's just see what's going on. But I think it's it's the beauty of our bodies right. as women, as females, you know, being able to really connect with that part of us that we were taught was like not to really pay attention to, I think. I don't know for you, but I never paid attention to my periods. Like, mm-hmm. I was glad when I didn't have my period. Like I didn't care. <laughs> um, cheers exactly i was talking to a client just just a couple days ago and we were talking about the power that comes with like really understanding your cycle um and also thinking about the fact that you know when i work with people i feel their energy centers and a lot of the time it's like I feel uncomfortable telling people, okay, your sacral chakra, which is where your womb is at, is like oftentimes depleted, um, supercharged, um, empty, blocked, you know. And then I always follow with, which is like very common. You're not, you're not in a wrong place. Um, Cause it just makes no sense. Like there's so much happening in that area of our body. And almost every time something happens, we're like, Oh, this is happening again. Or this is so painful. Or I can't cause I'm going to be on my period, you know, and oh, yeah, even calling it a period kind of diminishes that the period is a full month long. Like, I mean, there's a whole, you know, like there's no, there's no period. There's four periods within the period. <laughs> There's no, um, no like, and so I'm starting to like, I'm starting to be a bit more mindful of what I, how I call it. The other day I said to one of my friends, I'm bleeding. And she was just like, bleeding? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean that You're I, I started my bleed and I didn't know what to say. And then I used cycle and like, it's like, it's like your bleed. <laughs> like I'm trying new words here. Um, but menses, you know, that's the original 
it is. original word and it but, does relate yeah. to the moon yeah. yeah um but it feels funny using menses it's so like old school it's it it seems like like but it's i, I feel like back home they use that word yeah that's what i mean like it seems yeah. like you know something my grandparents would use like yeah um yeah, but i think it's the most true, no, accurate it. right it's like your moon your moon cycle um so yeah 13 months that's, that's yeah 13 months and i think that actually forced me into paying more attention i had already thought i had already been in a space where i was paying more attention to my habits what i was eating what i was consuming on a whole you know listening to watching the week before I would start bleeding because that would typically be the time where I want to eat junk food, stay in bed, watch a lot of TV. And then like, I'd suffer a lot of cramps and be like, what, what's not working. It's, it's not working to overfeed myself sugar and, you know, lounge around. Like I should be resting when I am bleeding and eating healthy right before. And yeah, just sort of noticing a difference already being in that sort of awareness. And then when the loss happened, it forced me into honoring this time of month and like trying not to associate it with something wrong with me or another disappointment. Every single month was like, okay, how are we going to reframe it this month? Because um, I don't want to sit around just so like um defeated within myself my my cycle is no defeat like it's my fertility um so many people i've seen so many doctors over the last year and everyone's like oh your cycle comes every like you know your period comes every 28 days that's a really healthy sign i'm like what okay then maybe it's all you know just tension and what I've built up in this area and the disrespect it's received from me from others in life um and I think the last 13 months has really shaped the next chapter I'm going in with my work as well Mm. um and I love the series you're doing like mind body soul because this really helped me sort of cue in that I can't treat one without the other. Um, and I need to find practices, therapies. Um, I need to find support that that cares about all three of these things. You know, even when I'm looking for practitioners or guides, I want people who see the meaning in in stimulating all three, my soul my mind and my um physical you know vessel so so yeah that's what i feel like i want to try to bring in um over this next year doing things that are a lot more um somatic Mm. and i still love my products Mm. but even at that i want to learn to make them a bit more individual personalized personalized um yeah i love that i love that i sis i'm telling you like right now i've been going through 
sorry, I always forget that, like, I put on this big old wrap, forgetting that I'm going to have headphones on. So, well, but this big, beautiful wrap, let me just reframe what I just said. Yes. Um, and, you know, the thing with me is I've been having my own challenges, you know, when it comes to just my mental health and on the physical they gave me a diagnosis, but then I'm just like, okay, what's happening in my soul and what's happening in my mind or mm -hmm. my spirit? Mm -hmm. You know, you guys gave me this thing. You want me to go and take medication, but you're not assisting me. What is happening beyond the veil that you see right. beyond the physical? Right. I get it that this is how it's portraying itself as, but there's something at the root that's going on. They need some understanding. Right. And I want to know that. And I'm realizing like at, in in our modern day hospitals or clinics, they don't provide you that service at all. They only provide you with the physical. And, you know, I guess this is really us going into the conversation and like we're in it already. Mm -hmm. um, when... I when I think when that thought even came to mind is because it's the same thing. Like I'm going through all of this thing and I'm just like, okay, so like what is happening to my soul though? Mm -hmm. Is this what was going on? Is this a reflection of something that's going on in my soul and my spirit and my mind that I'm not connecting to that I don't know of or that's like you know, some some there's a message somewhere beyond this physical thing, this physical body that I need to get to in order to fix the physical right. stuff <laughs> you know yeah. so um i think unfortunately we don't have that in our hospitals but you know at least right now we have alternate uh, more and more women men humans folks that are diving into the more holistic approach of healing into the, the alternatives, you know, mm -hmm. of like wellness and health and spirituality and, and all of that beautiful stuff that that is what you do, right. you know, and it's really amazing to hear you even say that you really want to incorporate all three aspects, mm -hmm. sorry, incorporate all three aspects, because I think if we don't go into the root cause of what's really happening into, to a human, then you don't, I don't want to use the word fix, but I'm going to use it for lack of better words. You don't fix that person. Right. Yeah. You know, that person is still broken somewhere. Mm -hmm. They're still broken this summer and their souls and their spirit and, and, and their path. Yeah. And when though, when that area is not um, taken care of, or those areas are not taken care of, then it's a mess. Mm -hmm. You could be on the streets. You could lose your life. Like, you know, there's so many things that happen through that. The lack of care that we provide, um, that is provided, I think. And with that said, um, you know, we're also taught, we have like these five senses, you know, what is it? Like sight, ear, touch, smell, taste, taste. smell. Yeah. Those senses. And when you're when you're not a really a spiritual person, I would say you. I think some people will not understand that there is more than these senses. There are other senses, mm -hmm. and 
those other senses, those spiritual senses, I'm putting them in quote because I don't know what else to call them. (laughs) Those spiritual senses um, also need care. Yes. So I want us to tap into a conversation which will hopefully lead to the spiritual senses if we're going to look at it the whole globally with body, mind, and soul. One of the senses that um, we have is touch. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was just thinking about touch and I was just like, you know what? It's like we've been taught that, you know, touch is important. Like, for instance, um, if you're cold, you know, like even in, in, in the, the scriptures of the, the Holy Bible, it will tell you, and I'm referencing the Holy Bible because that's the book I've known I grew up with. You yeah. know? It will tell you, like, if you're cold, like, you know, two is better than one. Like, be with a person, be in touch. When a woman gives birth to her child, you know, the first thing that the child needs to do is feel, touch, mm-hmm. be on the mother, mm-hmm. you know? And I was thinking, like, okay, we are taught about that type of touch, of feeling, and even, like, uh, um, what's that thing called? Love languages? Is there touch in love languages? Um, yeah, I think touch is one of them. Yeah, I think it's like physical affection or something. Physical affection, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we don't hear about as much is self-touch, mm-hmm. self-massaging, mm-hmm. self-soothing, mm-hmm. self-orgasming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Those things is like no, don't don't rub your nipples. <laughs> like, don't 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 touch your you know I don't anywhere. Say, I'll say the really be a clitoris. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. go there. Don't 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 rub on your head. Don't do this. Don't do that to yourself. But then you could have others touch you. Right. And one of the things that you do is you teach us about self-touch mm-hmm. or self, self, um, self-massaging self mm-hmm. in order to get to a place of healing, of relaxation, you know, whatever we're looking for at the end. So um, I know I said a lot, Chelsea, <laughs> but I really would love for you to kind of dive into one, the necessity of it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll get to the point of connecting touch to the the mind, the spirit, the soul, just the whole component that makes us humans. Thank you. Yeah, you said a lot. And I feel like there's a couple of things I want to go back to. Um, so I'm going to come, I'm going to come like full circle. But you first mentioned, you know, just this lack of care within our medical system and the need for alternative therapy and the fact that there's more um, alternative therapists coming out, um, doing individualized work. Um, And I think what I want to say as I'm discovering the wellness world from Montreal to Ghana, um, some people are only doing alternative medicine and some people are only trusting their structured medical system you know their their government organized (laughs) medical system and I think what I want to create within you know within the people that I see my clients my friends is just that there can be balance found between it all 
especially in Canada, our medical system does have some benefits, but you have to know how to advocate for yourself. And a lot of the time, you're not going to know how to advocate for yourself, or you're not going to know the right questions to ask, unless you see an alternative therapist who can oftentimes guide you on what could be the root cause of what's going on. And you also mentioned needing to know the root cause. And one thing that, again, I want to empower the people that I work with to know or to be aware of is their roots. Understanding the root cause of your physical unwellness or your mental unwellness, um, I, I feel personally is going to be discovered when you're searching for the roots of yourself. Um, (laughs) And that's definitely not something the medical system even knows how to nurture in us. Right. So we have to go into the medical system prepared with our list, with our list and our questions and our needs. And it can be exhausting. Sometimes you have to actually fight for it. But I think what alternative therapy can do is offer you a lot of background on where different parts of your body might be, um, where different parts of your your physical, but also maybe your mental health might be. Um, and then I also feel coming back to the idea of roots, when you're searching for these alternative therapies, why it's important to know the roots of yourself is because I am convinced that the work that's going to be best for your healing is usually going to be in line with the roots of your lineage. Why? (laughs) There's so many reasons why it's like scientifically proven that we have generational trauma. That means that our DNA is being passed on through generations. So if my generations have been using cinnamon and turmeric to heal, that most likely is going to lend very well in my body. Um, but someone who's been using, I don't know, <laughs> you know, something else and then wants to attempt to use, um, the spices that my body's used to, maybe it won't work as well. Um, and maybe it can work, but maybe understanding your ancestry can help you use other modalities better. Um, and then coming full circle getting to know yourself, right? I think that is the root of it all. Getting to know oneself and something I've understood very deeply over the last 13 months is that people are so uncomfortable with vulnerability. And I knew that. Like I I could see that in the world because I think I was overexposed as a child to to a lot of a lot of of like experiences, disturbing experiences, but I saw a lot of vulnerability in it. I watched people argue. I watched people heal. I watched people love each other, fight for love. Like, you know, and I just grew up with this idea that we can, we can share these things. But when I started going into spaces where this behavior was not normal, I realized discrimination, judgment, I was stigmatized, even all the way up into my master's. If I shared something personal that was happening in my family, it was like, Mm. oh, you're going through that? Mm. Oh my God, that's so weird. Like, I can't talk about, you know, Mm. 
or you're one of those, or you believe in that, or, oh, now we have to talk about XYZ. So people are just so afraid of getting to know others. And I think it's because they don't know themselves, right? They don't trust themselves. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to hold space. And when you learn to hold space for your own uncomfort, right? You're so much better at holding space for others. And we talk a lot about community um, and individuality, you know, how to fit into a society, but through the lens of like everything for myself. It's, it's just to make me bigger so I can buy my home and have my family. Um, and we're lacking the bridge between myself and my community. And I think that when we begin to be gentle and know how to soothe ourselves, it just leaks into the community. Um, and I think that it can be just as uncomfortable, you know, touching your body can be just as uncomfortable as like advocating in a medical system. Touching this part of you that's like, no, I don't want to be touched. I don't, I don't touch my, I don't touch myself there. Other people touch me there. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why do other people touch me in such sacred areas of my body and I don't touch myself there? Um, and even for my own practice, when I first launched Ayurveda, I didn't know I would be guiding people into such deep work. <laughs> even though I had done the work myself, I thought, I'm going to teach the basics of Abhyanga or I'm going to guide the basics of this routine and people will take what they want. And now I'm leaning into a space where I'm like, how beautiful would it have been if I had support while I was learning this routine? And, and I did, I did have Ayurvedic practitioners, um, but they were not as compassionate as I know something like this can deserve. You know, someone who will say, I hear that it's really uncomfortable to massage your breasts. And I also can feel that your heart is very blocked. So I'm going to need you to explore this area and let's explore it by just touching the center of your breastbone. And when I started my practice, it was like, now you have to do a full massage every day for at least 20 minutes. And I just, you know, I just jumped right in and... And I cried and it was exhausting. And I feel that I hope that my clients get themselves there, get themselves to that moment. Um, but I also am learning to be more gentle and slow with myself and learning that that's when I get the most, that's when the work starts working. You know, when I'm really pushing myself into these routines and into these practices, um, I don't want to say that doesn't work either because sometimes you do need to push yourself a little bit but when it becomes like I'm always pushing myself because I have this expectation of myself right there's a little bit of loss in the experience and I want people to experience themselves not just have another routine there's like part of me that is just so sick of seeing these Instagram I'm like, I'm one of them, you know, just like content after content, just like breathe in, tap here. If you were, so- 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'm tired, but I, I know, I know in many ways it's helping. Um, but I don't want to be just another Instagram profile that's like giving you these little tips and bits. Um, I want to learn how to make my approach a lot more holistic and and help my help. Oh, I think that was actually me. Let me turn that off. Okay, I thought it was. I was like, I thought I turned you off. No, okay, that's off. Um. Yeah, I want to help the people around me just touch base with self because I think you can lead a much more like um, purposeful life. Like you can just be a lot more in yourself, know your boundaries, like respect your choices because you're just in touch with self. And that's also being like authentic. That's, I think that's the, the basis of authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not always about the way that you show up, but the way that you show up for yourself, the mm-hmm. way that you know yourself, feel yourself, yeah. hear yourself. And I also want to surround myself with people who know themselves. I feel that I, I lost a lot of. Growing up, I was under the impression that public speaking was for anyone and everyone. But it's not until in college when one of the students who was a basketball player at that time had to do a oral presentation and homie was sweating bullets and he was shaky. And that was the first time that I ever saw somebody have so much trouble speaking in public. My second encounter was in church when one of the leaders at church was asked to give a word. And when I tell you that the word was totally off, (laughs) it was totally off. And you could tell the public speaking was not part of their strength. See, I share this not to, you know, make these individuals look bad, but I share this to let you know that my ability to engage a crowd, my ability to catch a crowd's attention and to make them feel at home and enjoy the night is a gift. And it's a gift I realized that's been passed on from my grandparents to my uncles to myself. I am Agnes Apia, and I am not only your host, but I am a bilingual MC. The Umami Conversation podcast has been sponsored forever since it started by my personal brand, the Agnes Apia brand. And I would like to offer a 15% discount to anyone that is looking for an MC. My website is www.agnesapia.com. Book a time where we could talk and meet and see if we are the perfect fit. My goal is to make sure that your event is mesmerizing, breathtaking, and a whole lot of fun. So book me for your next wedding, women's event, or corporate event at agnesapia.com. I don't want to say I lost a lot of friendships, but there were there were things that fell off. You know, just expectations. I feel unburdened by a lot. Um, And in that freedom, I realized most of the people I was really worried about and like, why aren't they supporting me? It was often that I don't think I've seen these people support themselves. How can I expect them to support me? And yeah, that's when I just felt, "Mm, this is what our community is lacking. 
the the self support. We show up to circles and we meditate together, which I think is important and we need that. But when we're home and we're alone, are we taking care of ourselves? Um, and I want to know that I'm bringing the people around me tools to take care of yourself wherever, like at the office, on a bus, um, because those were the things that saved me in my life. Um, the moments that mattered in reality, not when I can draw myself a bath and, you know, I mean, on the bus, when I'm feeling anxious, I want to know where can I transport myself to? Where can I touch on my body to help me? How can I focus on my breath or manipulate my breath? What do I know about my breath or my body? Yeah. Honestly, from, from what you're saying, um, I just see so much growth. Like you're talking and I'm just seeing, I'm seeing like, I could just see like growth. I just see, mm-hmm. like, literally, <laughs> that's what I see. I see like a, um, I don't even know what it is. It's, I just saw like something go like this. Like, some, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know why, but that's, yeah. that's how I, I, I see. And honestly, it's, I think it's, it's beautiful that, um, you've gotten to a place where one, you understand what your soul purpose is, mm. you know, and you've come to, um, accept that this task and as much as it might be challenging and difficult, um, for others and probably for yourself too um you know that you are walking the path and you are bringing people back to god you know Mm -hmm. back to spirit back to self Mm -hmm. back to the i am yeah you know and i think that's 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 beautiful you know but so okay so I, i i hear in all of that could you maybe provide us with a little bit of information or, 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 um, examples of how self massage, um, you know, could, sorry, could, um, help people reconnect with their mm-hmm. inner selves and also achieve the state of like balance and well being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, something you said, earlier you know you just touched on the senses and um i feel that abhyanga is one of these practices that brings in many of the senses and in that way your full body is engaged right your your mind body spirit is engaged in this one practice and what we often forget is that this like part of us this entire Thing that covers us, the skin, is an organ itself, right? But just like our heart and our kidneys, it's just as important. And on top of it, it's on the outside of us. Yeah. It's facing such harsh conditions um, outside of what we're doing to it, right? Putting lotions, suffocating it with fragrances, or avoiding it, not doing anything. Um, or doing a lot on our face and avoiding the rest of our body. So I feel that, one, when we're doing Abhyanga, we're beginning to open the senses. And when we open certain senses, for example, um, smell, right? Just smelling. I often tell my clients, before even touching self, rub your hands together. Feel it get warm. Feel the ridges 
on your fingers. Just feeling the ridges on your fingers start to calm the nervous system. So a lot of what I do, I think of the nervous system. And we have several parts of the nervous system that I won't go into now. But the vagus nerve is something worth getting to know and understanding how it works. When we activate the nerve, the, the vagus nerve, all other nervous systems can communicate well and we can have a clearer mind. We can feel less anxious, less tightness in the body, more relaxed. And so Abhyanga can last even if it's just two minutes, even if it was just rubbing oil and your palms together, that alone could help open senses and calm the nervous system, allowing your physical two subtle energies to just move in the world much easier. Um, if you wanted me to give you specific examples of, let's say, um, different benefits on the body or um, different ways that it can help. So, for example, Abhyanga can also be designed to suit your specific needs. So if I'm with a client who's very thin, um, has very thin skin, very sensitive, we might do long and gentle strokes. If I'm working with somebody who has like really thick skin, um, who has a little bit of tightness, we might do swift, shorter strokes. Um, getting blood activated versus calming the body down. Um, we can activate the lymphatic system just by gently rubbing down the neck. So when we activate and when we encourage the lymphatic system to go back to its natural rhythm, to its natural flow, this lymphatic system goes all through our body, beneath our thighs, all the way down our feet. We begin to encourage the blood in our body to start flowing in its natural order again. And that is just like, a, you know, if you do that for just 20 seconds, a little 20 second reset to the blood flow in your body. Um, and then when you do the full 20 minutes is what like an Ayurvedic practitioner would suggest, 20 minutes, warm oil in the morning before your shower then you start to get exponential benefits and you really start to explore the full body. Um, getting to know nooks and crannies you don't usually. So for example, there's like a little acupressure point in the pit of our ear here. And so sometimes instead of sending my clients straight to that little point, because they might forget it or they might feel pressured, like where's that exact point? I'll just tell them massage every crevice within your ear. And when you do that, you begin to stimulate other points because there's also the opening here that can stimulate some sensual feelings. Um, and so I want, without telling people exactly what to do, I want you to explore it yourself. Um, a lot of the time I can tell that my client is not feeling comfortable with a certain part of their body. So like I said before, we'll start with just tapping or touching deeply one point. Um, sometimes I can tell they're more comfortable with another part of their body than one other. So I'll let them focus on that part of the body. Um, some people tell me specifically what they want to connect with. Um, some people want to connect with their breasts and then we'll go through specific 
breaststrokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's so easily designed. Um, and that is another service that I offer, designing your specific massage. And then that massage can change seasonally depending on what you need because we're in constant growth and transition. I love what you said because we are in constant growth and transition. That is so true. Um, and I I do want to know, so Abhyanga, the art of self-massage is from, um, culturally, it's from where exactly? So I would say it's rooted in India. Um, you know, that's where the texts, um, the Ayurvedic texts mentioning Abhyanga come from. Okay. And then there's something a little complex about the texts because India in some ways is like separated between North Indian and South Indian teachings. It's a little different. Um, I've done a ton of research to figure out that um, North Indian practices have influences of European and Aryan ancestry, whereas South Indian um, texts don't have as much of that influence. It's a lot more indigenous rooted. And when I look at our indigenous roots, um, a lot of it does lead back to Africa. So it's also very confirming to me as like a Caribbean who has been influenced by both Indian and African culture to, to know that perhaps my ancestors are all just one because that's what it feels like inside. Um, but yeah, so that would be the history of where Abhyanga, this specific self-oiling massage comes from. So the reason why I asked you that question is because, you know, um, somewhere in the conversation, you had said that, you know, when we're um, you know, going through this healing process um or even like getting to know self um i'm paraphrasing from what you said so um it's really a matter of also going into your ancestry and most likely whatever is rooted in your ancestry is what you would do or use in order to fully heal especially like generational trauma yes so if i come because you said two things here, okay? I'd like us to break that down. Yeah. So if I come to you as a Ghanaian and I want to um, do some self-massage, yeah. some Abhyanka, will you tell me to go and find my Ghanaian Akan root way of Abhyanka? Or because you mentioned just now that when you look at the the, the South um, uh the South India, where its roots come from, this practice comes from, it brings you towards Africa. I'm Ghanaian, yes, but at the end of the day, I'm a Kemet. Right. Like, right. Yes. So, somewhere there. So interesting. There. Yeah, so, I love this So question. would you, I think we're going toward a different route in yeah. the combo, but that's that's fine. It's, it's, cool. it's okay. So would you say it doesn't matter so okay circle it's indigenous anyways right um okay let me share a little bit of my story so that because i feel like it contextualizes it a little bit so i'm not indian right um my mom's from the caribbean so is my grandmother and my great-grandmother 
um, I don't know exactly when our when our ancestors were still in India. But what I do know is that over the generations, oral massage has been something that every single woman has passed down to each other. We are taught at a very young age how to massage our siblings as babies. That's like the first intro. And when I went for my training, which was like, you know, in Canada, one of my very first intros into this world, they were doing a very specific routine that I knew was handed down from my great grandmother. So I inquired, where does this come from? And they said, India. Most likely South India, because that's where the woman who made this routine up traveled and saw Indian women massaging their babies. And then, you know, in between all that, I went to South India. I studied there for a bit. And that was my, that was my sort of one part of my journey going into my lineage. Um, however, the, I did not feel at home at all in India. The place I felt most at home in this entire world was when I set foot in Africa. And that happened to be East Africa um, my first time. But I would say from East to West, I feel at home. I don't know how to describe it. So, and and I also feel that, you know, the universe also led me into hands of many practitioners who were Afro-Caribbean, who were meeting me at the intersection of my identity. And I had to search for that. I would not, if I was not open to my full Caribbean culture, maybe I would only see myself as Indo-Caribbean and I would stick strictly to South Asian practices. But I see the Caribbean as a full culture that influenced so many parts of me. And I think that men, many of us can find ourselves in many cultures. Mm. And I also strongly believe that in many ways we all come from Africa. However, white people, be careful. Like You, you can't just jump into things. Um, but And I think we've actually talked about this on one of our, on, on your last episode, but even you know, European Americans or European um, descendants, they have their own magic. And a lot can be similar. They burn stuff. I'm sure they use oil and massage. Um, so while I think it's interesting to go back and look for the, the specific practice of your ancestors, I do also feel and I've seen from experience that a lot of these practices are the same. They just look different within each practice. And that is where knowing yourself is key. So for example, I think my body digests coconut oil way better than the clients I won't recommend it to. You know what I mean? Like there's some clients I won't suggest they sleep with coconut oil on their head or they sleep with oil on their head, period. Because I can see from their lineage and what they share with me that their ancestors have not been oiling their heads for decades. And it's probably going to clog their pores and not feel good for them. And this is when 
coming into and knowing who you are is key. Um, I can suggest different teas, but I also keep in mind my clients' um, backgrounds and what what I know through our consultations or what I know through my questions they can or cannot digest. Um, however, touching and oiling the body is for everybody. We just have to know what oil is going to suit you best. Should you rinse off right away? Should you keep it on for an hour? Um, we can play with what herbs would your ancestors or what oils would your ancestors use and, and allow this practice to speak more to your lineage, to speak more to your roots. Um, but making contact with the body is for everybody. Um, making contact with those close to you. Um, I'm now starting to extend this practice with couples um, because exploring each other's body can be awkward. Um, exploring self with a couple. So yeah, there's, I think, I think these type of routines speak universally, but then the way we can adjust them and individualize them should, I think, should be based on your roots and the journey that that's leading you there. You know, I use, I use Palo Santo, for example, that's not necessarily within my lineage. Um, but I also found Palo Santo on the streets of Peru, literally smelled it and followed it. We have history. I've honored this, this sacred wood in so many ways. And there's so many other tools out there that I am sure is benefit, beneficial. For example, gua sha. A lot of my clients ask me about gua sha. And what I can tell them is about the kansa wand, which is what we use in Ayurveda. Because I've used it, because I've tried it. I can tell them about a crystal wand because I've tried it and I've used it. Um, but I'm not sure about gua sha. And when I've spoken to traditional Chinese medicine practitioners who are Chinese, they don't use gua sha on their face. I don't even know what gua sha is. Oh, it's like that crystal, like, thing, like no, like a stone that people are using now to like okay. sculpt their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen something like that. I don't know. Anyways, all that to say, you know, I just think people should be careful with the trends that they get into, mm. um, because spirituality, the wellness world, it's trending. It's trending, and for practitioners who are doing authentic work, I think it can be exhausting. Um, not that you're in competition with that at all, because it's it's so different what you're offering. Um, but I I personally don't feel it's natural for me to like market myself and make these cute little videos. Although I do it, and there is part of my creative like energy that enjoys it as well. I just want to be careful not to overdo it, not to make it too like, oh my god. Ayurvedic oiling is the new thing. It's okay. Like, if if getting to know your body deeply and discovering your gentleness and how deeply you can nurture yourself through your own touch becomes trendy, then okay. (laughs) But that's work. 
you know, it's, it can be heavy. And I'm honored to hold that space for people. And I also think that while I teach these, the, or guide these practices and also offer these services, because I think sometimes we do need someone to come in and just help realign us. Yeah. And then, and then we can go and maintain ourselves, you know, like any other checkup. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think you, again, need to be using all like different modalities to treat the trinity that makes you right the mind body soul so the trinity that makes you yeah (laughs) yeah it is what does that mean i feel that it's just it's you know it's the it's the three pieces that make you whole these three pieces are you and i don't even think of it uh, well i guess it's coexistence um but i think we should be treating all three aspects and if we can start implementing that approach with all of our practitioners so you know i want to see i i see for example a body a body worker we do a lot of somatic therapy together um but she also cares about social justice and she also cares about my mental health and my career and my professional life. So I'm choosing people who also see me as a full person and is not just there to heal one part of me because that's not that's not working for me anymore, right? To to just to only do one thing. Even with my medical doctor, um, I'm a lot more open about my mental health, even though that's something they want to avoid. <laughs> um, and they're starting to get to know me and they don't push anything on me. They respect that. Okay. I, I use my teas. How are your teas going? That's keeping your anxiety down. Cool. They don't want to talk about it. Okay. Whatever. Fine. You don't need that. Fine. What do you need? <laughs> mm. um, so you, you know, finding, finding how you can branch all of this together for yourself, I think is important. Even talk therapy, I think talk therapy is so key, but it will only take you so far. You need to also work with the body. Yeah, you need to also work with the body. And this is where I'm at, Mm, you know, and and the working with the body. And um, I'm trusting myself, Mm -hmm. you know, because one of the things that I've realized, even I was having a conversation with my husband, and I was telling him, like, yo, this week, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Mm-hmm. But the only way you could go if I could pay for a coach. Because last time I lost weight was with a coach. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, I need a coach, I need a coach, I need a coach. But then a few days ago, I was just like, kind of, you know, in stillness. And then I was like, but why can't you do it yourself? Mm-hmm. Can't you trust in the different um, things that you would need? Mm-hmm. Uh, the different contacts that you need, like I contacted you, and I was like, okay. I've been, I've been feeling very Ayurvedic for some reason. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling like I went to look, search for my doshas, and right. try to figure out what you know. I just, I was pulled towards there. Yeah. I kind of followed that lead, you know, and also pulled towards like movement now and, mm-hmm. and everything. And then now I'm going to do the, the physical part and taking my walks in the morning, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it, it like literally, it takes a whole team 
It does. It takes a whole team to get us going. And this goes back to community. Yeah. As you were saying, it goes back to the need. It takes a whole team, but something that you said that's so um, on point for me is trust. It takes trust of self. Um, And I think I moved by that word right now because it's bringing me back to how this all started. Um, And, you know, all of this started from my work with infants, from working with moms and babies. And I was teaching, I was guiding infant massage. I was guiding mothers into um, what different types of touch communicate to your baby. And the purpose of that was to build trust because babies that trust their parent or trust the environment around them are more likely to trust themselves and make better decisions as adults, are more likely to trust the world, but also to have a base, a model of what gentle and good touch also looks like. Um, Becoming aware of touch, having the ability to feel comfortable touching your child is important so they have those good models. Um, And that was my purpose going in, to increase attachment and increase awareness of good touch. And it just, you just brought me back to really where all of this started. And it really starts in a base of trust. And I extended that into trusting self um, because I started to realize mothers need to trust themselves to best serve their babies. And if I don't pay attention to the mom first, it when I leave, are the, are they are the, is this couple, you know, the baby and mom, are they going to continue this massage? And for many reasons, that's why I stopped giving my specific massage classes because I realized it was becoming an activity. People were doing my classes and they were not keeping up. So I haven't yet found a way to get back into that world. Um, you know, the loss also really took me, spun me around. Um, so getting back into that work, um, is going to be, is is to come. I'll get there gently, but surely, but yeah, just thank you for bringing me back to that moment and reminding me that at the very core of this all is a desire to help people trust themselves. Um, cause I think yeah, we'll just walk around the world with so much more ease and confidence um, and just knowing. Build a better community. That's it, exactly. And and knowing what we need because I feel that a, a lot of our sadness and anxiety comes from trying or, or trusting others or expecting others to fulfill our needs. Um, and I'm learning that when we can communicate them because we know them deeply, it, the, the results are just faster. People show up for you better because they know exactly what you need. There's no like standing in this awkward, like, Oh, I hope they know that I, cause I don't really know what I need in this moment. Like, you know, just helping us become more efficient advocates for ourselves as well. Wow. Girl. <laughs> wow. We went all around the world and that didn't really 
I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Serious. Honestly, I feel like what you just said is a beautiful way of um, putting a pause because this is not a conversation that's that's ever going to end. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ongoing conversation. Oh my God. Um, and, you know, I, I want to say thank you for showing up again. Um, it was amazing. Thank you for having me again. Time. Yeah. It's always, it's always a good time. And I really hope that the audio is okay and you manage. Yeah, don't worry about that part. Honestly, awesome. we'll let we'll let um AI worry about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, you know, talk about AI. Honestly, I I've I've, I've, I've been skeptical. Still am, but I use it. What can I do? <laughs> it's just easier sometimes because this tech stuff, like you're like trying to level voices. I think it's also unavoidable. It's like like at this point, it's like when our parents were trying to, like, you know, be convinced that laptops weren't going to enter the home and internet's not real. Well, hello. So (laughs) I think we're going to have to lean into it somehow, one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. We have to. Um, And we should also get into it. So if you're interested, you have a good. Um, good self you know yourself you love yourself then whatever you create in this AI world is also going to benefit humanity and not try to destroy humanity thank you very much okay so (laughs) to make things lighter (laughs) and to close up I do love to ask um, my amazing guests a few questions just three questions okay um it's three questions but it was like two questions and one okay you don't have to answer all, but whatever. Okay, yeah. So just three questions. Um, we're gonna answer that. But before we go, before we do that, sorry. Do you have any last words? Do you have anything that you'd like to say? Do you feel like you, you've um fed us enough of that umami? Do you have a little bit more for us? No, I feel like yeah, I've said yeah. I feel like that closed. That closed well. We went full circle and hit a lot of points. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, my heart is full. My heart is full. Mm. Trust me. Um, I just like to say, yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for continuing to share these, you know, these umami, these tasty but in depth conversations about the work people are doing, but also the work that people can access. So thank you for sharing, sharing this in the world and bringing us together in many ways. My heart is full, Chelsea. <laughs> Bless your soul. Okay, let's get yes. some stuff. So, uh, my first question is, what is your favorite emoji, or what would you be as an emoji? What is my favorite emoji? I would... Well, the first thing that came to mind was the little... Like, it's a little brillant, a little oh, sparkle. Yeah. My little, I have, like, my little sparkle tattoo right there. I feel oh, like I'm always like... I don't know. I I rather even put that than a heart sometimes. So I love that. That I don't know if I'd be that, but yeah, sure. Why not? Just a little. Yeah, okay. A little <laughs> spark. Okay. Um, what music are you bumping to or podcast you're tuning into? Hmm. Music. That's an interesting question. Cause 
I feel like there's one specific song that has been very strongly on my mind. And I've just been going through the Spotify playlist for that. But <laughs> War by Bob Marley and the Wailers. I'm saying that's that. Yeah, there's something, there's something about that song really speaking deeply to me right now. Um, and just, just, I don't know, relieving me, reassuring me that um, this message is like valid, what I'm feeling, what's speaking in my mind. So yeah, but otherwise, I'm always on my little mix of like, soca, dance hall and African music, you know. Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question, um, choose a number from one to seven. Mm, I'll choose three. What? Sorry, it's just they're really like random questions. Okay, I'm gonna because I have like sections. Okay, okay, I'll choose this one. If you were a fruit, what fruit would you be, and why? Hmm, I would definitely be a mango mm-hmm. <laughs> because. They're tropical, they're bright, they're juicy, they're yummy, they come in different forms, they've got texture, they're they're colorful. Um, yeah, there's like the flesh and the seed, and they're both satisfying, they're dynamic, they're like complex and layered. Yes, to yeah. the mango. They come from all my home countries. All of them. All of them. And more. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, Chelsea. So I like um, those questions for some reason. That was a cute little touch. <laughs> thank you. Um, so um where can we find you? What are you creating? Mm-hmm. So you can find me on hire.veda um on Instagram or email hire.veda at gmail.com. What can you expect coming up? I mean, as of right now, my signature energy therapy or energy treatments um so that includes ayurvedic facial marma therapy and reiki reiki is a modality i use a lot because i find it gentle and powerful um i have my one-on-one abhyanga so that's when you come and we design a specific massage and i help show you um how to do the strokes and all There's always baby Reiki and baby massage to be accessed. Um, I've just started doing Ayurvedic cosmetology consultations. So that's helping you design your oil, um, figuring out the proportions, the herbs, how to infuse, all those cute things. Um, And I I, I hope to be going into... You know, this is for me expanding into my work and challenging my own um, trust within myself, but moving into a more sensual world. Um, I recommend breast massage a lot. And I've been doing one-on-one abiyankas where I'm guiding them. But I haven't quite opened that space publicly. And I'm finding that a lot of my reservations is about being judged, um, is the fear of feeling too much, being extra. I don't know, you know, I know where that chatter is coming from, um, but I don't know exactly when I'm going to be coming out <laughs> with that. But, 
but it's coming. And I think that you'll slowly find that in my work. Um, just moving, moving more deeply into, yeah, the self, the self and just all parts of it. Girl. Yeah. I'm going to say be too much. I'm going to say be loud, be out there. Thank you. When everything is aligned, it is aligned. Mm -hmm. So we can't stop the alignment. Um, once again, well, we can, but we're not going to. We're going to stay aligned. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to say but to say thank you. Thank you. And, um, this has been amazing. Once again. once again, always. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. We encourage you to continue the conversation in our community of open-minded women. And we appreciate your support and feedback. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media at Instagram, Umami Conversation, or through our website at agnesapia.com. So until next time, keep listening, keep learning, and keep embracing the power of storytelling and mindfulness. Blessings.